This here is the story of a man from JetBlue Got pushed around on the job so he did what he had to do The passenger was getting rude Stephen grabbed two ice cold beers He got on the PA and said There goes 28 years And then he took them beers and jumped He took two beers and jumped He took two beers and jumped Yeah, he took two beers and jumped So when your boss is riding your ass You gotta get two beers and jump When your truck ain't got no gas You gotta get two beers and jump This is Random Acts of Tangents Thanks for joining us, downloading, streaming uh, However you're listening, we appreciate it This is part of RatPackPodcast.com If you have any comments, you want to email us It's RatPackPodcast at gmail.com I am Adam, and I'm joined by Rex How you doing, Rex? Hey, what's up? How you doing? Fantastic I got a, a bunch of stories here that I want to go over, stuff that's been happening that is particularly interesting, the first of which is uh, this guy named Steven Slater. Have you heard of the name? Uh, is that like A.C. Slater? Uh, close. <laughs> There's a little, uh, yeah, I'm sure he has a following, the same following that this guy has. No, A.C. Slater is the Saved by the Bell dude. Not so much this guy. I love that guy. Yeah, right? With yeah. his, uh, it's Mario Lopez with his crazy hair. He never weird. ages. He doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> He's doing a, like he hosts some, uh, Entertainment Tonight show now, but he looks exactly the same as he did back in high school. He does. And then have you seen Zach? Yeah, he's on a lawyer show now. He is, but he has age. Yeah, you can tell, you could still tell that it's, it's Zach with his brick phone, but it's, uh, a more mature version of the guy. Yeah, definitely. But anyway, Steven Slater. He is a flight attendant for an airline called JetBlue. And the reason that he is uh, famous, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, is because of what happened recently in uh, New York. This was a flight 1052 and from Pittsburgh. He apparently got into an altercation with a passenger. The flight had landed and was on its way to the terminal at when one of the passengers got up and started going to their bag, their overhead bin or whatever. Stephen Slater then told her to sit down. You got to wait till we get to the, uh, the runway, whatever, until we stop. The passenger then, uh, in so many words, tells him to fuck off. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like this so much. So they, I guess there's a confrontation. And this is a little foggy here. What happens next? Either a bag from the overhead bin drops down and nails him in the head. Or right. or the passenger takes the, the door from the overhead bin and slams it on his head. Either way, he receives an injury to his head. He then asks for an apology. Passenger does not apologize. So he gets a little upset. He uh, goes to the nearest food cart, uh, grabs two beers, uh, Blue Moons, by the way, and then goes to the PA system and announces, quote, To the passenger who just called me a motherfucker, fuck you. I've been in this business for 20 years and I've had it. At which point he then proceeds to the emergency exit, opens the door, deploys the slide, slides down and goes home. All right. So he busted a half-baked, is what you're trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> so, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, I'm Fuck out. you, yeah. Exactly. This has caused quite a disturbance. After he uh, got off the slide, he went home to his house in Queens, which is uh, somehow appropriate. Right. Because uh, if I had not mentioned uh, by now, well, I should just say, he went to his home in Queens and hopped in bed with his boyfriend. Oh, okay. The cops then showed up about 15 minutes later, like full, full on SWAT team, a bunch of cops, helicopters, and pulled them out of there. Yeah, 
Now, SWAT team? Well, the, my thinking is is because anything that happens on a plane is now a huge deal. Since the whole 9-11 thing, you can't do anything on a plane. You, you saw the uh, anger management with Adam Sandler. He got tased by that big black dude. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, just because he was, quote-unquote, raising his voice. Yeah, so I assume that's why all the cops and everything were called. But up to this point, what's what's your impression of this this guy, this this action? I don't know. It's just like, let him do his fucking thing, dude. If he, he can quit his job just like everybody else. I mean, it's the wrong context, you know what I mean? Like, what he should have just done is just stayed on the, the plane and, and been like a dick to the guy. Because <laughs> I, mean, I don't think that's breaking any rules, right? This you was, this was a female dick. passenger, I should say. So what? Oh, well, fuck it. Fuck her, too. Well, <laughs> I'll be egalitarian in the way that I'm a fucking dick. Fuck that bitch. You know, I, I don't care. You know, the, the way I look at it is just like she was being a huge cunt and he was being a bigger cunt. So who cares? Like, what 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 is she going to do? He, he, maybe he reacted wrongly because, I mean, all the all the leverage was in his favor in that situation, if that makes sense. How like, so? Because he was the the th- authority figure on the plane. Exactly. Okay. Because all the all the flights they have like a marshal on them right now. So oh, I don't know about that. Sure. Exactly. I'm I'm not sure exactly how the rules work out in those situations, but they they hadn't left the the terminal, right? No, they were on their way to the terminal. The the it was what do they call it? It was taxiing, I guess, to the gate. Uh huh. So and, and the the rule is you're supposed to stay in your seat until the uh pa- the pilot turns off the seatbelt thing. Yeah, and then you get up and get your luggage and stuff. But this, this she, she was getting up before him. Yes, she was a premature bag getter. See, then why, why, why did he fly off the handle when he could have just stuck to the rules and been like, "You broke the rules, you stupid cunt." Now you have to suffer the consequences. I'm, I'm so glad you said that. I have some audio here from the attorney at a recent press conference. Here we go. If you think it's easy for flight attendants to get on a plane every day and feel and could be concerned for the safety of each and every passenger without attention, without a stress, you're fooling yourselves. There is attention and stress. There's a reality that whenever we travel, whether we're in a car, a plane, or a train, there's a safety factor. But think about the plane, the dramatic impact that has embedded all these flight people, whether the pilots, whether their flight attendants, has an impact on their lives. And I hope that the traveling public appreciates the efforts of all those people keeping us safe in the air. Well, how do you respond to that, uh, Mr. Rex? I think it's a crock of shit. <laughs> I mean, no, I really do. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'll, I'll appreciate his position, but it doesn't make what he did right. He's hired to do that job. It's, it's like saying, well, oh, a cop, you know, battered somebody and maybe it was wrong. But, hey, you know, cops are under a huge amount of stress. Well, 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 fuck you. They get into the situation knowing they're going to be in a bunch of stress. You see what I'm saying? It's inexcusable because it comes along with the title of the job. So it's an assumed risk. Yeah, exactly. He should have, he should have assumed the risk. I mean, how many times in the 20 years that this guy has been a flight attendant has there been some sort of incident? People are fucking idiots on planes all the time. The, hell, the last time I was on a plane, flying back from D.C., there was this woman who was uh, freaking out because she just, she, some people don't like to fly. I, there's, there's people I, I know, some of them are in my family, some, I have friends that don't like to fly. Right. And she was just like, like hyperventilating almost, and, <laughs> and she was sitting in the wrong seat, and then it was like, ma'am, you need to get in your seat, and she's like, I just, I just need another seat, and I need this, ma'am, you need another seat, you know, like, <laughs> this happens, this is a regular fucking thing. 
It's it's not some crazy circumstance out of outside of normal circumstance. And even if it was, it doesn't excuse his wrong behavior. Two wrongs don't make a right. Period. Okay. The, the the stupid passenger that broke the rules and and didn't obey the direction of of the flight attendants that were there as an authority should also have to suffer consequences. But so should the flight attendant for the stupid things that he fucking did. All right, you got another uh, piece of audio here about from the actual from Stephen Slater. Uh, this yeah. he was asked if he had thought about pulling the shoot for this live before the flight, and this is what he had to say. Oh, we thought about it for 20 years. We thought about it, but <laughs> you never think you're going to do it. This is like anybody. In any job you go to, especially if you deal with the public, you do fantasize and think about, one day I'm going to get even with all these motherfuckers. I'm going to do something that's going to get everybody good. Like uh, if you work in retail, maybe uh, you rip up their stuff after they bought it or something. I don't know, some craziness where you, 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 you just kind of fantasize about... I'm going to get you. I'm, I'm tired of your shit, and I'm going to get you. And that's what he's pretty much saying here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. nobody really thinks they're going to do these things. But it's a lot of talk, but it is it is there in the recess of your mind. Mm-hmm. So that's that. He, he did get arrested, and uh, he is being charged for reckless endangerment, criminal mischief, yeah. and criminal trespass. Sounds- now, as Very far nice. as uh, the reckless endangerment and criminal mi- uh, mischief, that's mostly because of... When he deployed the slide, that slide mm-hmm. comes out pretty fast. And if there's somebody down there, it can whack him and really knock him out. But his attorney mm-hmm. is also saying that, no, when he put the slide down, he followed procedure. He looked out the window, he checked both ways, he did all the craziness to make sure that nobody's going to get harmed. So he's trying to get off of that, but uh, I don't see that flying. <laughs> flying. I don't see that flying either. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, man. This guy's just a moron. Yeah. He is. I mean, how many times on the fucking freeway you get cut off by some asshole or somebody almost runs into you and you fantasize about fucking shooting him, right? Yeah. That I, I do. I fantasize about running my fucking car into their car and T-boning him on the fucking freeway. Absolutely. Just because I fantasize about something doesn't mean it's right. Yeah, and, and the cost just for the, uh, deploying the slide alone is going to be about $25,000 to replace that slide. So he's not oh, see that? looking too good. Stupid now, the the reason that this story has caught my attention is because of what has happened since then. He is now being referred to as a folk hero. If you're unfamiliar with... Hero? Yeah, a folk hero. Not just any hero, a folk hero. Now, a folk hero is a... I got a definition here because I was a little confused myself. It's a real fictional or mythological person. They display a, a characteristic or a personality of deeds that are in the popular consciousness. So this guy embodies what people are thinking, but nobody does. The best example that I could think of is Robin Hood. He was a folk hero, where he was not exactly a good guy, but he was doing good for everybody. As far as the so, people... So not, concerned, babe, not Babe in the Blue Ox? Babe in or the... What, what was the Blue Ox? The, the, the lumberjack dude? Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's another one, yes. Uh, Paul Bunyan or... Paul Bunyan, yeah. Yeah, yeah something like another that. Another folk hero, yes. Now, this guy is being labeled a folk hero. And he has... That's he, he has this huge following of people. His Facebook, he's got a Facebook page now uh, with over 200,000 followers as of a couple days ago. I haven't checked it recently. But he's just... It's It's huge. I was gonna. I was gonna say this guy's no epic beard man. Okay, let's get it straight. Let's get it straight right now. Yeah, and and uh, when he was asked to comment about his huge following, this is what he had to say. 
And thank you all so much. It's been amazing, the support and the love and the, the, everything that's been brought to me and given to me by my community and my friends and the industry at large. It's been absolutely wonderful. What have you I do thank you. So this guy got pissed off, deployed a shoot, grabbed two beers. He took two beers and jumped, uh-huh. according to Jimmy Fallon from the opener. Yeah. And now he's regarded as a star, a hero. That is, it's so wrong to me on so many levels. Because yes, everyone can understand the level of frustration that this guy must have been going through and can relate that in some way to their lives and wish, oh, I wish that was me, that guy. That guy had the courage to do what I wanted to do. And and actually, there has been a, a phrase now that's uh-huh. been coined on, I think, Urban Dictionary. It's called uh, hitting that slide. When you're, when you're tired of uh, crap... <laughs> Oh, it's time to hit that slide, man. Or yeah, oh, that guy hit the slide pretty good. When you just like, when you, it's a big story about quitting and letting letting somebody have it. It's called hitting that slide. Fantastic. Well, see, that there's, I think that's a big difference though, because I mean, what you're talking about is people who are probably in circumstances where they could quit and be like, oh, by the way, fuck you, you know, and there's no consequences to their actions. But in this particular circumstance. There are consequences, okay? If I if I decide to not show up to work, then they'll fire me for no call, no show, or whatever. Or even if I'm there and I decide to go up to my manager and say, "Hey, buddy, fuck you, I'm out," right? <laughs> uh, the, that there's nothing he's really going to be able to do about that. I mean, he could, you know, uh, try to charge me in court with like terrorist threats or some bullshit, but he won't. You know, like that, that's they're, they're they're just happy to probably get rid of me if I do that. So, uh, in this other circumstance, though, with with this moron who deployed a fucking safety feature on a you know jet, <laughs> he knew he knew how much it cost. He's he knew they they educate him on these circumstances and why not to do shit and why all to do things and how much it does cost because. You know, it's his job to know these things. Uh, yeah. So he shouldn't have done them. It, it's it's a difference between you know me uh, quitting outright and, and and telling somebody off who's, who's a customer, or me you know fucking destroying something before I go and then pissing off a customer and then quitting. You know, you you just don't do that. He he destroyed private property. Absolutely, and he will, I'm sure, pay for it. No matter how many people are behind him now, now this is one thing that I, I'm actually a little conflicted about. That mm-hmm. he broke the law, he yeah. uh, he did things that were morally wrong. But now that he has this huge following behind him, do you think that's going to relax any of the penalties against him? Uh, who's to say, man? I mean, judges try to say that they're being impartial. Well, not only that. I mean, there's it's different if it's you know lawyers arguing to a judge or if it's lawyers arguing to a jury. Because a jury can be persuaded by stupid shit like that. Yeah. You know, the average everyday populace, you you know, that jury of your peers, they're fucking morons. I mean, that's that's why OJ got off. <laughs> yes. Now, he has, uh, he's been released since then. He posted bail, $2,500. And, uh, uh but since then, he, she's been swarmed by the media everywhere. And it's, it's gotten to, uh, it's gotten to his boyfriend, apparently. I have a medical condition, and each and every one of you is causing me to have my arrhythmia, and I will pass out. <laughs> I just found that uh, pretty funny, so I had to throw it in there. 
You're going to make the boyfriend pass out from his arrhythmia because all you photographers. <laughs> I just wonder how they actually, like, you know, get it on. If every time his blood pressure goes up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure they have something worked out. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so th this is how the story came out. And th this story is about a week or two old. And I, I held off talking about it because I wanted to wait for it to develop a little more. Because in the past, we've covered some stuff, the uh, Mel Gibson, and uh, there was something else I forget. But pretty much the day after we recorded the podcast, new information came out, which would have been good to have at the time. But, eh, live and learn. So here I go. More information has come out since then. A week later, his attorney is saying that he's ready to go back to work whenever JetBlue is ready to have him back. Now, when uh, right. when the when the the attorney was asked why, why why would he come back to JetBlue? Why does he want to do this again after what he's been through? As upset as he was, and this is what the attorney had to say: His father was a pilot. His mother was a flight attendant. That's in his blood. That's what he loves doing. Now I've heard about trades getting passed down from generation yeah. to generation. Your family owns a business; they pass it down. I would never think that flight attendant is something that's really up there as far as wanting to pass it down and pride in the family. I mean, it's, it's pretty much a glorified waiter as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, they, I mean, they make a lot more money than waiters. Yeah, and I guess the travel is good, but to say that it's in his blood, I mean, that's that's a little, I think that's a little crazy. Well, but, he's probably become accustomed to the lifestyle. It takes a particular type of person to do it. Well, apparently not this type of person because he flew off the handle. <laughs> <laughs> now, after this has come out, there's passengers have now started coming forward and talking about this, uh -huh. and apparently, it's getting a little tough to substantiate Mr. Slater's story. He says that everything that we know up to this point is based on what he's been saying and what a little bit of information trickling in. Now, passengers are starting to talk about it, and uh, one passenger was quoted as saying, "He was very disturbed. He was almost hysterical." It was obvious that something was going on. This was when he first got on the plane. And so apparently he was in a bad mood from the beginning. And this other passenger said that she spilled coffee on her seat and asked him to get some help, some some towels or something. And a Slater was quoted as saying, Not right now. Maybe when we're in the air. But I have to take care of myself, honey. And apparently, by taking care of himself, was tending to the gash on his head. What the f... All right. So apparently, he came on the plane with a cut already on his head. It did not have to do with the luggage or the overhead bin. The story just is getting blown out of proportion or through a crazy game of telephone. It's, uh -huh. it's, it's becoming something else, which is why he's become this quote-unquote folk hero. I'd like to replace folk with a different word. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but So this guy, turns out, he's just a giant a-hole. And uh, I think that when this is all said and done he's going to be the a-hole that he is. I don't think he's going to be this cult hero, although there are those people that are still going to be brainwashed and thinking he's awesome and I want to I want to jump out of a plane with a slide too and my crazy job. But it's just, it's all, it's it's drama. It's it's drama. Yeah, I don't like this guy already. Yeah, but I'm sure we'll hear more about this guy as time goes on. And there are people that have made songs to him. I mean, I played a Jimmy Fallon version of a song at the beginning here, which was a, a parody. But that's based on people actually doing real songs about this guy in praise of his awesome deed. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that's what's uh, one of the stories that's been happening. I found it interesting. I thought you guys would want to hear about it. 
But I do have some other stuff. In fact, I want to play a game. I have a game that I, I thought of that I think would be fun to do on this little podcast that we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of Truth, Truth and a Lie. Yeah, definitely. All right. I want to do the same kind of thing here, except with uh, stories that have been coming on in the news. Because it's, it's a sick, sad world. It's called Daria. Is it Daria? What is it? I don't know. I, don't know. Some I think MTV. it might be uh, Beavis and Butthead, actually. Oh, it's some MTV show of some kind. Yeah, it's like, tonight on Six Sad World. Yes, exactly. I'm going to give you three titles of stories. Yeah. And I want you to tell me which one you think is fake. First one. A fishmonger nearly died after an eel shot straight up his bum. Second story. A deranged gunman opens fire in a shooting range. And the final story. Levi Johnston is running for office in Wasilla, Alaska. What do you think, my brother? I think the, the fisherman above the You think that's a fake story? Yeah. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> this actually happened. A guy named Lee Chang, he was sitting on the edge of a tank at a warehouse in uh, China where there's a bunch of eels waiting to be cooked. He slipped off the edge of the tank and fell inside the tank with all the eels. I guess it freaked out the eels and they started swimming erratically. <laughs> That's so gross. Uh, Chang said, I guess they were scared when I suddenly landed in the tank, so they started wriggling everywhere. Several shot up my trouser leg, and then to my horror, I felt one go up my bottom. Why would he tell anybody? <laughs> well, because this uh, it went past that. Uh, incredibly, uh, he decided this is kind of embarrassing, so I'm just going to keep working. So he went on with his day, and uh, he did. He says, I didn't want to say anything when I first climbed out. I was too embarrassed. I dried myself off and tried to carry on working, but it was just too painful. He eventually passed out, fell over. <laughs> when his coworkers called the, the police, the ambulance, and he got rushed off to the hospital. Oh. Yeah, the spokesman from the hospital said the eel had badly injured the patient. If he had not arrived when he did, he would have died. We accept he will make a full recovery. Oh, he should have died. <laughs> that would have been made for a way better story. Well, actually, in researching this story, I did find about a year ago, a similar thing happened, and somebody did die from an eel. <laughs> <laughs> and die by eel ray. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. If I ever have to torture somebody. <laughs> right? Yeah. Apparently, that one was based on a prank gone horribly wrong. A prank? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but this eel, the one that went inside this guy that uh, that survived, is reported to be two fingers in width and as long as the guy's arm. Holy shit. It went all the way up? All the way up in there. And he didn't say anything? No, he tried to walk it off. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know. That's That takes a, a huge set, I think. Or eh, maybe not. <laughs> huge set no, he's just a moron that's what he is that, maybe that's what I meant <laughs> huge set of balls no alright two more story titles then Levi Johnston running for office in Wasilla, Alaska or a deranged gunman opens fire in shooting range I'd have to say deranged gunman the lie then that's correct I'm, sir yeah cause Levi I'd believe that one yeah cause that whole family is full of fucking morons yeah, looking at the story from the uh, gun range, this is, it's pretty funny the way they, they made this out to be. And Alaska, he'll win, too. That's the fucking horrible thing about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, as, as far as the gunman goes, just to finish up that story, we'll get to the Levi yeah. in a second. 
the way that the story is written is hilarious to me because it's it's obviously fake if you read the story. But the uh, the title itself, I think, eh, somewhat believable. But apparently, this uh, a man walks into a gun range, unsettled and disturbed. He uh-huh. asks for a packet of bullets and some. He shows ID and everything, and yeah. then he goes nuts on some unsuspecting targets. So the way that the title leads you to believe he killed people, but he just went on a shooting rampage against the targets that he bought. Wah, wah. No, what's <laughs> yes. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so Levi then, huh? Yes, Levi Johnson is running for office in Wasilla. Douchebag number one. Yes. We talked about the reality show he was talking about having with his, his ex. Yeah. Knocked up. They broke up, and I guess the reality show bug has still bitten him. So uh, he goes on, and this is going to be a reality show, even. Not Tim only. Running is going to be a reality show? That's right. Oh, He's, my God. He has a manager named Tank Jones. Decent name. Tank. Come on. Oh, why don't, why don't they just have Hogan come in? <laughs> oh, that actually reminds me. Ed McMahon, the WWF guy or WWE guy. Dude, I know who Ed McMahon is. All right, all right. Just making sure to distinguish between him and uh, Johnny Carson's co-host. Isn't that also Ed McMahon? I don't know. Whatever. I wouldn't know who that is. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> anyway, uh, Ed McMahon's wife is running for Congress, or some political something, and she did win the primary. Oh, I heard about that. That's yeah. going to be interesting as hell. Cause you, yeah, you know the uh, the smear ads from the other guy. It's just going to be the wife acting and all the WWE skits, punching guys in the balls and whatnot. You want this representing you? Whack, whack. Are you kidding? There's there's nothing more representative of like people than wrestling. I I think I, I think if if America had a G spot, then wrestling like WWE wrestling hits it. Like seriously, like right in the middle, you know, nonpartisan, just hits it right there. All right, it's the uh, soap opera for men. I guess. Yeah. Were exactly. you ever into wrestling? Yeah, I was into wrestling at one point. Yeah. I never. That's why, that's why I say it. It's just like, eh, everybody. It's, it's kind of one of those things. I was never into wrestling. I never, it never got me. I don't know why. I guess because you watch soap operas like a fruit instead. <laughs> no, thank you. I was watching cartoons. Well, shit, you used to record them for your ex-girlfriend. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> she was never my girlfriend, which makes it more pathetic now that I think about it. Uh, let me retract that statement. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I think it was called Passions is the one I recorded for. Oh, great. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, God. <laughs> one, one thing I noticed about the show, though, because, of course, recording it, I had to watch it just because. Uh-huh. I had no choice. What was I supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, dude. <laughs> but out of the, uh, I think it was a two-month period that I recorded it while she was on vacation somewhere far away, the storyline, like, never progressed. It just was always the same thing. It is ah oh, these soap operas. I can't. I can't. I was See, that's that's different than WWE though, because WWE, what he did was he actually hired professional writers uh, to come in and write the storylines and the plot lines for wrestling. Because back in the day, it used to just be like, oh, we're gonna make this up as kind of we go along. But then when it really exploded. Uh, was when he came in with actual professional writers, and, and then it got a lot more interesting. So you're saying when you just handed the mic to some meathead, the stuff that was coming out of their mouth was not very entertaining? No, no, of course not. That's I weird. mean, how, how fucking entertaining <laughs> is it when boxers do it? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> it's all the same thing. Anytime any boxer speaks before a fight or after a fight, 
it's pretty much interchangeable with any other boxer that's ever spoken in anything. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. kick his ass. I'm the best. I'm the best. He's the worst. He's going to uh, be down. It was, it was a good fight, and, you know, he's a real competitor. Yeah. But I'd like to thank God and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Um, thank God? That's such a fucked up person to thank after kicking someone's ass. <laughs> it's God's well, will. <laughs> the, the, the hidden message behind that is that God doesn't care about the other guy. Right. <laughs> that's, that's an argument for uh, when, when the Catholic schools, their teams play against each other. They're obviously both praying. So this is this is the whole thing is which school does God like more? Is that what the thing's about? <laughs> That's interesting. I never thought about it that way. Yeah, it'd, it'd be awesome if it was not not only like a Catholic school versus a Catholic school, but a Catholic school versus a different denomination. Yeah. So whose God is more powerful at that point? It's not about yeah. the teams anymore. It's about the gods. <laughs> but also, any any sports commentary now that I think about it is is pretty irrelevant. To me, and I know a lot of people like sports, and it's their life, and they got the stats, and blah blah blah. I, I can't get into it, and I, I cannot stand interviews with coaches, with players of any kind. It's just, it's just, it's boring as hell. It's boring. I mean, you pretty much listen to John Madden. He's just like he states completely true and obvious things that anybody could state. It's just like. See, when when good football is played, you have good football players playing good football. But when bad football is when good football players play bad football, or when bad football players play good football, it's still bad football. Right? Does that you... just hurt your brain to hear? I'm very confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but it's just it's completely obvious, redundant, and it really just didn't contribute to anything. Yeah. So why do you think you lost the game? Well, it just we didn't get as many points as we needed to. The other team got more points than we did. We uh, I, we just couldn't get the points on the board. No shit. That's that's the definition of losing. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have as many points as the other team. Congratulations. Hit the showers. <laughs> I'd like to hear some outlandish reasons why they didn't win. <laughs> why didn't you win? Well, you know, I have an ingrown toenail, and towards the end there, it was causing some nerve damage in my sciatica. <laughs> I had a real bad flight in. Some douchebag jumped off the plane. Yeah, I forgot my tums. I have a lot of gas. <laughs> now I would want to hear those excuses. That would be interesting. Like uh, uh, during that. the uh, the last the championship for the around uh, basketball, uh, when when the Lakers won, uh, Ron Artest uh, he thanked his therapist, which <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that was beautiful. See that that's, was that's, beautiful. That's well, commentary it, you don't hear. That's commentary it, it, I want. It's like when uh Mike Tyson. And you look at some of the shit he said. Now that was one entertaining motherfucker. But you know, I wanna, I'm gonna eat your children, right? Yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, one time he was getting interviewed by a female, inter, uh, like uh, a journalist or whatever, and he go, he turns to her and he goes, I, "I don't answer questions with women unless I fornicate with them first. <laughs> <laughs> nice, very nice. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> Yeah, and there was this one football guy. I, I'm gonna find this clip and I'm gonna put it in here if I can find it. But he was talking to a, he was giving a report about something, and he was thinking about before you hit a man, and paused and said, or woman, uh, you got to think about this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember exactly what it is, but I'll find it and I'll, I'll inject it in here so you can hear. It. But it's just it's so there's not a lot of thinking that goes on with these people. The meatheads, it's, it's, all they know how to do is play the game. I think there's not a lot of Real smart athletes, in my knowledge. I'm sure someone will tell me otherwise, but that's my opinion, goddammit. No, there's a lot of smart athletes. It's just, I don't know. 
<laughs> None come to mind. <laughs> yeah, I can't think. Matt Hughes. Matt Hughes is a smart guy. He seems smart. Yeah, I, I saw him fight uh, over the weekend. I think. Or... Yeah, he won. He won. He won with a, a Jimmy fucking uh, arm triangle. It wasn't supposed to work in the way the way he did it. But oh, that's he just, right. <laughs> he just did it. It's <laughs> like it pure worked. muscle. The way he took the guy out, like backwards, upside down, or something. Yeah, he 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 was trying to do the move upside down pretty yeah. much, and it wasn't supposed to work from that angle, but he did it. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's that that's real. I mean, UFC that's that's a sport. I think that's the, probably the most sportiest sport. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Well, it's a thinking person sport, in my opinion. I think because you have so many different dynamic aspects to that game. You know what I mean? Like you have. Let's say, for instance, in football, you have a pass blocker, right? You got somebody on the offensive line. They're doing one thing over and over again. Right. Don't let this guy get to that guy. Over and over again. That's the only thing. It's one dimensional. You know what I mean? They only have like a series of different moves that are, are finite where they can do those things over and over again. And then it gets broken down into how big they are, what kind of conditioning they're in, all that shit. But when you look at UFC, it's just like, I have to beat this guy, but I can I can beat him by submission. I could beat him by knocking him out, and I can knock him out like a million different ways, and I can submit him a million different ways. So it, I think it takes a little bit more thought to co- to go into something like that. Yeah, well, one fight that I saw over the weekend also. This was uh, I think on Spike or something. There was this big tall dude and a small fat guy, and just looking at it, the fat guy looked like he had this huge beer belly. It's kind of like He's got the Dunlap disease where his, his belly like halfway over his shorts already. Oh, that, that he won though. Yeah, he knocked the dude out. Like, just yeah, I forget what that, that fighter's name was. He was on uh, the UFC fighter or whatever it's called, and he's he's actually really really talented, really really talented dude. Uh, he he does he trains a lot, really really hard. He just doesn't lose it. Yeah, but he, he doesn't, doesn't look like he belongs in the in the cage. Just based on his body structure, and that, even the announcers were saying that. Just, don't be fooled by his appearance. He knows what he's doing, and it turns out he did. He rocked that dude. Got his knees buckled out from under him and everything. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what were what were we talking about? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Ah, oh, the Levi Johnson and the Wasilla thing. Oh, that's right. And uh, the reality show. Now this this whole this whole thing. The lawyer is he confirmed it uh, about a week ago that this is for real. He is running for either mayor or city council. Hasn't decided which. Now, th- this guy's famous because he banged Sarah Palin's daughter and got her pregnant. Yeah. That's it. And, yeah. and, and since then, he's pretty much be- he's just starved for media attention. And he's done these things. He, he was in Playboy or was it Playgirl? Playgirl. Yeah. yeah. And uh, this whole engagement to Bristol, the daughter of Sarah Palin, it's just it's a whole lot of nonsense. You know what, though? Good. Good, though. You Good know how? why? Because it just further discredits... Sarah Palin, because she's a fucking nut job. She really is, and people need to realize that she's a nut job. <laughs> and this this shows you. This goes to show how you know the, the degrees of separation to true nut jobiness. You know, <laughs> right there. Degrees of nut jobiness. I like that. Yeah, man. That's that's what's going on in this case. Yeah. Now his uh, his manager, Levi Johnson's manager, again Tank Jones. I, I just I love that name, Tank. So powerful. But anyway, he was asked if he thinks that he will be taken seriously. What he responded, I, uh, I, I, there's no words. People questioned Jesus Christ, so I definitely don't care. 
about these mere mortals questioning Levi Johnston. Wow. I don't know how you get make a jump that large to this this douchebag redneck a-hole to Jesus Christ. Even if you don't believe in Jesus or you're not Christian of any kind, you have to be offended by that. Fuck yeah, man. <laughs> how do you say, like, I, I, don't, I, I don't even know what to say. Exactly, right? I'm at a loss for words because that's so <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Oh, so that's that's like when conservatives call Obama Hitler. Right. He's black, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, the, the way these people think about themselves, I I will I will never understand. But I guess it takes that to become famous. To what, to think you're Jesus. I guess I mean all these people that are on TV, they think they're hot shit when they're really not, but somehow they have thousands of followers. I mean, this is the guy we were talking about earlier, Steven Slater, he's got a, two, over two, uh, 200,000 followers in the past week because of his dumbass moves. Yeah, but there's level-headed famous people out there. They don't think they're Jesus. Like, maybe Gary Busey. Right. But fucking, like, you know, Brad Pitt, Angelina. Well, maybe she does think she's Jesus. She helps a lot of people through the end. Yeah, I'm, but, she probably thinks she's uh, that nun. What was a nun? Damn it. Mother Teresa. There you go. <laughs> the, the Mother Teresa of hot... Yes, um, the hot Mother Teresa, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but what I'm saying is it's just like there's there's got to be some really like level stars out there where they're just like kind of normal people, right? Well, yes, yeah, some stars are famous and, and they got famous being sane, but other people get famous being crazy. Granted, it's a different type of fame. I mean, usually if, if you're famous for the right reasons, you stick around longer than uh, being crazy. Exactly, well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, not every movie star thinks that they're Jesus. That's kind of crazy. Man. Actually, I don't, I don't know if that's true. I mean, didn't, like, Madonna and Elvis, they got famous for being crazy? No, 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 no. That's different. That, they got famous because they created controversy. But they didn't get create controversy because they were acting insane. At the they time, created... that was pretty insane, dude. No, but the, well, the, there's a difference between being provocative and being perverse. I mean, the, the thought that this fucking moron is it equated to jesus that's a perversion in my opinion because it's, it's fucking offensive but for, for you know elvis to gyrate his hips <laughs> i mean come come the fuck on man or, or madonna okay maybe some of the stuff was sexually provocative absolutely i mean yeah. elvis was sexually provocative i mean he was he appeared on a on tv shows and they would only film him from the from waist, waist up. up yeah yeah because he was it, at that time, and we were big proponents of at the time. But when he did it, he didn't tell people he was walking on water. That's the difference. <laughs> okay, I guess, yeah, that is true. But you, you have to concede that it, at, at for the time, that was way out there. Yeah, for the time, that was way out there. But it was way out there within means, man. It was, it was way out there because, like, oh, look, I'm being sexually provocative. You know, I'm challenging some norms. Okay, yeah. this guy... Saying that he's Jesus is not challenging a norm. That's just, it's just fucking moronic. <laughs> That's true. Absolutely. I, I agree with you 100% on that. It would be like me going, I'm Wolverine. Well, I am a fictional character. <laughs> I guess. Ah, but then again, Wolverine the Jesus? I mean, who do you think would win that fight? I don't know, man. That's tough. Yes. He's got that regenerative power, but yeah. then like Jesus, supposed son of God. I mean, come on. And then if if let's let's be honest, if Wolverine kills Jesus, does he come back to life? Ah, uh, 
That's true. <laughs> you got to kill him and take off because you wait around long enough, he's coming back. Yeah, I know, right? Because then you have to deal with zombie Jesus, and that's just <laughs> fucking crazy. Zombie Jesus. That's what it is. How come people don't say that? It's, it's zombie Jesus. <laughs> what What is Easter? Zombie Jesus Day. That's what it is. But after Jesus came back, he wasn't trying to eat people. Adam, when somebody <laughs> comes back to life and they're dead, they're one of two things. A vampire or they're a zombie. To be the undead. That's the rules. That's the rules. <laughs> I don't make the rules. That's the uh, rules. Of course. You're a slave to the rules. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I got, a, I got a couple more stories here. One more round of fake or true. Biker's Twitter follower... Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> is that like Twitter? Twitter followers save her life. Another story. A cat found marinating in a car trunk during a traffic stop. <laughs> and the final story. Paintball equipment fuels playground mutiny. Mutiny? Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Good old-fashioned mutiny. I think that one's the fake one. The playground mutiny? Yeah. Ah, yes. Very good. Uh, this story is fantastic. Let me let me read this to you because this is great. Uh, early Monday morning, a box arrived on campus, and its effects have been devastating. Uh, let me summarize. Apparently, it's supposed to be watercolors and paintbrushes and whatnot, but there were paintball guns, loaded paintball guns. Mm-hmm. These guns eventually found their way into the hands of the students, which started uh, shooting stuff up. <laughs> They used the guns to terrorize the teachers and administrators and eventually locked the teachers and the principal in the closet. All right. The the police showed up, but uh, they were at a standstill because the police didn't want to use any force. Eventually, the students uh, gave in and they were arrested and charged with assault and kidnapping. Well, dude, fucking paintballs don't hurt that much. And, and, ha- and, and cops have, like, those, those protective face masks. Yeah, but what are the cops going to do? They're going to start tasering the kids? Wouldn't you? <laughs> well, yes, I would, but are the cops going to do that? You know how intimidating a fucking taser is? <laughs> that shit's uh, pretty imagine. fucking intimidating. Like, go watch the Don't Tase Me Bro video. Yeah, no, just the sound alone, the crackling, it, it's... It, get your hair standing on end. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, now, would, would it have changed your mind if I told you originally that the story was from Texas? <laughs> then it'd be believable. Would that, be, would that have given it more credibility? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then and then afterwards, the children, once they established authority, they tried to secede from the Union. Right. <laughs> oh, my All God. right. So the, uh, the other two stories, then. Which one, which one do you want to hear about? The uh, the Twitter or the cat? Oh, I got it. Well, does the cat involve, like, East Asian culture? No. <laughs> nah, I don't think so. With the, the, name, the guy's name is Gary Corkut. Corkett? Oh, well, he's just a serial killer then. Yeah. Well, let's hear about the Twitter. All right. Well, well, we'll go back to the cat story then. There's this girl, 36-year-old, Lee Fazina. She was riding in Connecticut uh, on a mini Zina? triathlon. What is she, fucking Lucy Lawless? <laughs> Lee Fazina. Whatever. So she was riding downhill, and uh, she was riding too fast, and hit some tree roots, and flew off the bike, like, over the handlebars, and she flew quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, she landed all bloody and panicked, and she couldn't even walk. And she tried calling for help, but nobody could hear her. And also, in this area, she could not get a phone call to connect long enough to make an actual phone call. So she is in the middle of this wilderness, unable to move, bloody, and dying, pretty much. Yeah. So then she decides, I'm going to hop on my Twitter, which somehow she had over a 1,000 followers. 
I don't, I don't know how that's possible. I mean, she, she must be hot. <laughs> I guess that's a possibility. Yeah. You know how many fucking hot people I found on Facebook where they've accomplished nothing with their lives? Like, really, they have accomplished, they're moderately entertaining. You know, like, oh, well, ha, 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 that's clever. But they have, like, thousands of friends. And it's just because they're hot, because you have schmucks out there that cruise the Internet and are just trying to add every hot chick they That's possibly. That's true. I've come across that many a times where I've gotten random requests from people. And I look because at their page. Hot. Because I'm hot, of course. That's what's going on. So fucking hot. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, yeah. So I guess you can get a thousand followers just because people are tweet addicts or Twitter addicts, so they're just adding everybody as much as they can. Yeah. But the point is, to over a thousand followers, she sent out the following tweet: "I've had a serious injury and need help. Can someone please call Winding Trails in Farmington, Connecticut?" Tell them I'm stuck bike crash in the woods. What? I'm stuck bike crash in the woods. I guess because well, she's she's working with a limited amount of characters. I guess that's oh that's true. Maybe that was over 140. Anyway, uh, a half dozen people called authorities. Yeah. Now this is people from California, New York, and Chicago. <laughs> it's not just people from Connecticut. People from all over the nation apparently called the authorities and uh, they got to her within minutes. The ambulance were approaching, and she's going to be just fine. Awesome. How hot is she? Have you looked up her picture? I should get a picture. I do not have one. She must be hot. If I find a picture, I'll post it on the site, on our site, uh, along with this podcast. If not, then uh, let's just assume she's super hot. Well, let's let's look it up right now. We could take a break from I mean, you could edit this, right? All right. We're going to take a short intermission. What's her What's her name? <laughs> Uh, Lee Fazina. With a Z? I'll look it up. I have the correct spelling and everything. It's L-E-I-G-H-F-A-Z-Z-I-N-A. Oh, that's fucking crazy. Oh, no. What? Not that attractive. Oh, my God. So well, this is, this, is her, this is her in, like, a, a neck brace and everything. <laughs> <laughs> what do you expect? Is that her... She's old. There's a black and white picture. Not really. Black and white makes her a bit of a Does it? No, that's not true. <laughs> no wonder I love the civil rights movement. Alright, we're gonna. Did you see the picture yet? No, link it to me. Oh, well, I just searched. Oh. Well, I don't know her crazy ass name. Her name sounds like a fucking former Soviet bloc country. Leafazina.com? She got her own web address? Are you fucking kidding me? Hey, she's hot she's enough, my brother. You throw some makeup on that? Oh, yeah. It'll clean up real nicely. She's got a lot to work with. Alright, All right, coming back. Ready? Yeah. Alright, welcome back from intermission. Hope you enjoyed that little mood music in the meantime. We've looked it up. Uh, I don't think she's that hot, dude. Dude, she has a lot to work with. Uh, I mean, she is 36 years old, so that's got to take away some of the hotness, I think. Yeah, but how many broads out there, I mean, just, you know, when you look at them, you're not actually seeing their face. 
Let's be honest. Oh, that's true. You got like three layers of fucking makeup going on there. I mean, you could probably, you know, take off a layer and there's wallpaper underneath there from the previous owner. You you just, (laughs) (laughs) that's how crazy that shit is. They fucking, they know how to work the makeup most of the time. You're not looking at, you know, what she's going to be looking at like in the morning. Yeah, all right, I guess. But a thousand followers, come on. I don't know about a thousand. Come on, think about it. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, how many how many broads are out there where it's just like, oh, I'm hot, and oh, and then they have like fucking five or six hundred friends. Yeah, I guess. All right. Well, agree to disagree. I don't think she warrants getting found based on her Twitter following. Not that she oh, should yeah. die. You try to say she's supposed to die. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. Would you have been happier, Adam? <laughs> Is this what you wanted? There, Please, somebody help me. Ah, uh, LOL, good joke. <laughs> in response to her Twitter message. Oh, boy. Leading to death in the woods. Uh, the uh, other story, before we get out of here, because we're almost out of time. Uh, the cat found marinating in the car. Yeah. Uh, this is This was in Buffalo. Somebody was pulled over. Oh, uh, somebody... The cat's still alive. Uh, yes, the cat was alive. So, this guy, <laughs> this guy was pulled over for running a stop sign on a Sunday night. Alright. Uh, and, uh, they heard the cat from the trunk. They opened the trunk and they found four-year-old Navarro. Oh. Navarro's in the cage. His fur covered with oil, crushed red peppers, and chili peppers. <laughs> red peppers? <laughs> That's so fucked up. Yes, the guy, Gary Cork. Corkook, Corner, whatever. Gary told him he he did it because Navarro was ill-tempered. He was gonna cook the cat because it was ill-tempered. Because it was ill-tempered. He was gonna cook it because uh, it was all it was a neutered male cat who also got pregnant. What? Yeah, I guess the the guy had the cat spayed and uh, still got pregnant and was uh, ill-tempered. I don't. Know. Wait a second. The story says a neutered male cat got pregnant. Is that possible? No, I don't think that's possible. That, unless it had two sets of sexual organs. Hmm. Well, there is a story also in the news about a, a hermaphrodog. Hermaphrodog? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a, a show that you'd see on Adult Swim. <laughs> Apparently there was a dog that was fucking... born with uh, both sexual organs. Yeah. And, uh, Aqua Teen to... Hunger Force, followed by hermaphrodog. <laughs> Tonight, you. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me be honest, okay? Aqua Teen Hunger Force, anybody that watches that, if they're not high... It makes no sense to me. They're they're mentally ill. They should be high because the the doctor should be prescribing something. To them. <laughs> that show makes absolutely no sense to me I've at all. Seen, I've only seen one episode with the uh, the hand banana rapist uh, hand puppet dog. That thing. is the most entertaining episode I've ever seen of that show ever. That, that show that episode is hilarious. I don't know about the rest of the show, but that's damn funny. But yeah. So anyway, he got charged with animal cruelty and then he got released. Animal advocates cleaned up Navarro and put him up for adoption. So I guess a happy ending there. Sometimes you gotta marinate a cat. <laughs> Fucking crazy ass motherfucker. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that'll uh, do it for this episode. You got anything you wanna say before we take off here, Rex? No, man. I'm good. Fantastic. Until next time, then. I am Adam. And I'm Rex. We are-